Welcome back to another episode of Quarren Stream, yet another Cinesnob podcast. I am Jared Kingery. And I'm Cody Viafania. And today we are joined by uh, another fellow Austinite here, comedian Chris Cubas. Chris, welcome. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Great. Um, glad to have you on the show. Uh, people may have seen you um, doing stand-up, obviously, here in Austin, uh, but on TV, like Getting Dug With High, At Midnight, of course, uh, and The Roast Battle. Yeah, I'm just for looking sure. at some of your credits. Um, that's awesome. Uh, the roast battle is a lot of fun. My wife and I stumbled across that uh, a few months ago. And uh, what's the what is what is the three guys that come on called the wave? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The wave. <laughs> uh, they called them when it was just being done in the club because it used to just be done at the comedy store in L.A. They were the all Negro wave, and I think Comedy Central felt that was like <laughs> too much, which is weird that like that's offensive on a show based on just being offensive. So I didn't understand why that sense of that, but yeah, they did. That is a, a strange, uh, a, a strange uh, line to draw, but you know. I guess it's they're playing to whoever's advertising. Uh, so, uh, Chris, how have you been uh, coping with the quarantine here? Who you know uh, as well as you can, I guess. Like, uh, just I, I luckily my day job lets me work from home, so I'm not super like. So that's been like a, a stress relief, and then yeah, just sort of. I don't know. I like I I don't. I'm comfortable in my house. I have a partner, so I'm not stuck here by myself. So, like, I don't know. I, I I know some people have it pretty bad, but, like, I am not. I don't think I, I think I have it better than a lot. So, I don't, you know, I'm not complaining too much. I've been just watching a bunch of shit and playing <laughs> one video game. I've been playing Slay the Spire for, like, six months. And oh, wow. I cannot beat it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's about it. Are you uh, are you in a house house or are you in an apartment? I, I'm in a house house. Okay. Uh, yeah, over on the east side. One of the uh, we had a comedian uh, um, Vanessa. I'm sorry, I forget her last Vanessa name. Vanessa Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah. Yes, I apologize. Uh, she's in a. She said she was in a studio apartment with her boyfriend. I was like, Ooh, holy cow! That's, that's yeah. A- that sounds horrible. No, I mean <laughs> they're great people, but like the idea of just be a one oh, room. Right. No, I need yes. to be able to like go in the other room for a minute if I need to for sure. <laughs> so, uh, what sort of stuff have you been watching? Well, so when it first, when when it all started, when the like quarantine kind of first started, I made a list of like holes, if you will, like of like classics I, or things I've always wanted to see or felt like I should have seen but never got around to. So I kind of worked, I've been working my way through some of those and I, I'm trying not to just watch all of them right away because God knows how long this is going to last. But uh, I've watched a handful. I've watched a a fair amount of those. And I basically picked like five. I started like seventies, eighties, nineties, aughts and like 2010s and picked like five movies for each decade. And I've been kind of working my way through those, but then also watching just a lot of like, I grew up watching a lot of like nineties, like, 80s 90s like action straight to video trash right i've been like watching quite a bit of that lately because it's like the amount of that that's on amazon prime is like like right in my wheel <laughs> <laughs> i've heard i've heard it's full of that and like crappy horror movies yeah for sure it's like a lot of crappy horror movies but then also like i mean and i say crap 
and trash, but like I have a deep love for all of these things. Like, sure, like, you sure. Know what I mean, like, I, I really did grow up watching a lot of these movies. So like, and not just watching these these specific movies, but, like these type of movies. So there's nostalgia, but also like I enjoy turning my like in this day in this time particularly like turning my brain off and just watching something and not mm-hmm. having to be like like i watched all of big little lies recently and like it's oh. tremendous but it is fucking intense <laughs> like <laughs> i you, like for sure it's a lot so like i those are great and big, like watching like prestige stuff is awesome but like sometimes you just need to watch michael dudikoff kick a russian <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of wondered, like, if that kind of movie would make a resurgence, um, uh, like, during a time like this. Like, there's got to be some shit studio that's sitting on a bunch of these movies that, like, could churn these out straight to Amazon. Yeah. Or, like, I mean, I granted, I guess, like, the actual production of stuff is hard at this point just because of, like, being around people and whatnot. But, like, man, they're ha- like, I-, I feel like there's probably just, like, a bunch of, like, they have the rights, but they're not streaming or whatever that they could go out. Like, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like there just has to be a, like there's, well, ju- there's cheap. Like, you know what? That's the whole reason the sci-fi channel <laughs> existed for like t- uh, two decades was right, like, right. you could make, sh- you know, uh, anaconda cane or whatever the fuck you can yeah, make sharknado <laughs> obviously is the big one, it's the big yeah, one. But then also there's all the like alligators, snake hybrid movies or what you know what i mean like they just made all like random mash two animals together movies for like 10 years because they cost nothing to churn out and like there's a, like i've always felt like you could make those movies like hire a good writer still make them on the on the cheap you know what i mean you're still not putting any money behind them but like there are people that would write that movie and make it fun and better than like what they yeah. end up making so like yeah there's got to be a way to make that work yeah uh i i was uh been to south by a couple of times and amazon basically from what i understand you could just upload your movie there if you want to (laughs) like you don't need to to have a distributor so i I wonder how many of those people are getting approached by by bigger platforms now to to distribute their content because i think i I think i can't remember what it's called like the amazon well that that has to be true because I don't know if either of you saw, but um, did, did either of you see the movie um, One Cut of the Dead? Uh, I have not seen it, but I know like it's on my list. I know, about yeah. It. And I remember it, there was a whole thing like it got accidentally released or something at first, right? Wasn't there yes, a thing? but not by the filmmakers. Some a, a user up like got a hold of the movie and uploaded the movie to Amazon, and it leaked <laughs> early because oh, because wow. of that because of that platform. So like the filmmakers were kind of you know devastated that sure. their movie because it had never come out in the united states up until that point right and so it it you know it leaked onto amazon and there you go it's it was open season so there's got to be some way to do that yeah because i've i've heard of you know like just the the crummy horror movies that like guys will make 10 grand off of because it it just happened to be you know people were surfing for through amazon trying to find something to watch that's what i was gonna say and you make i was gonna, the question ultimately is can you make any money doing that right but like I'm sure you can make a movie for under ten grand if you can. There has to be some like the amount of movies you can make on an iPhone these days. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, and a couple of them that have actually been good, like real movies or whatever. So like, yeah, if you can make ten grand off a movie because you've got like 
you tricked enough people to click on it. There's a whole <laughs> movie studio. There's like, what's the the people that make As- those? Asylum. Like, Asylum. Asylum, right. They make all those knockoff like transmorphers or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. That's like their whole business model, right? So there has to be a way to like actually make that make some money for actual like creators you know so so it's called amazon it's prime video direct i just looked this up and you can uh earn royalties based on hours streamed by prime members and uh or you can have a revenue share for rentals purchases or whatever so yeah you if you got something that was like buzzy enough and and maybe weird enough and and had a great title you could probably make a, a decent amount of money uh, on something you 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 produced for five grand, yeah. That. You, you make some terrible thing. You like if you can get a clip of it to go viral or something on Twitter or wherever. You know what I mean? Like uh, enough to get people to go watch your the room or whatever it is you end up making. <laughs> like, and like, and the problem is a lot of those I feel like work in that way because they're organic. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Sure. It's not like you don't actually like Transmorphers works because people accidentally click on it in their DVR or whatever, right? But like a, a something like Troll Two, The Room, any of those sort of like classically, famously bad movies that people love, get those followings organically. So it's hard to like manufacture that. Yeah, it's like when people tell you to to create a viral video, like you know, yeah, you just yeah, can't. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Has has Asylum survived? Because I remember one of the big things about Asylum was that. Like a huge part of their model for many years was people going into like video rental stores and accidentally grabbing the wrong movie. Right. Like, it, has that survived on, like online? Like, are they still are they still churning stuff out on streaming services? Oh, I would assume so. I mean, uh, I, I'd have to look it up, but I know that they were, I believe, the producers of Sharknado. Oh, really? And the other stuff. So uh, I don't, uh, I don't think that's gone anywhere. I mean. It, you know, it's. I, I don't know that it's necessarily about tricking, as it is about sort of uh, just kind of make putting people in the mindset of it. I guess, but when you have a movie called Atlantic Rim, some old person <laughs> is going to mess that yeah. up. You know? I remember reading or hearing a thing on maybe a podcast or something that a like a large part of it was, particularly now in, in like the streaming age, was like you know you get you know royalties or whatever from like people choosing to watch it and people going oh trans not seeing that it's transmorphous instead of transformers and literally just getting the click. And even if they don't finish it or whatever, they've chosen it. So like, I think a lot of it literally is like, Oh, I wanted to watch whatever battlefield earth and I got battlefield Los Angeles. or whatever. <laughs> I think they try to make it as close and like the cover kind of looks like the other. It's like uh, when I, I grew up in uh, upstate, upstate New York, by like more than whatever. I lived around New York my whole life uh, uh-huh. before I moved to Texas. And there is a chain famously, but they're not, what's awesome about it is they're not really a chain. They're just a series of individually owned restaurants called Kennedy Fried Chicken. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and they're like, it's all, mostly just in like New Jersey, mostly in the city, but like New Jersey has a couple, Connecticut I think has a few, and then like Upstate had one or two. But like Kennedy Fried Chicken famously, and you can Google it, there was a whole thing. They were like unsuable because nobody... They were like a like like a terrorist cell. There was no central. <laughs> you couldn't cut off the head, right? It's a bunch of lone wolves, and they famously try initially would try to make their business look as much like Kentucky Fried Chicken as possible. Weird. Uh, and it was like a whole and like there's like I think like the New York Times at one point ended up trying to do like a I don't want to say expose, but like ran an article about like isn't this a weird funny thing? But yeah, so like I feel like a lot of the asylum model is they're just the Kennedy Fried Chicken of. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at some of their filmography right now, mm-hmm. and just in uh, 2020, 
they have films uh, either that have been released or uh, are upcoming. Uh, one called Top Gunner. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, one called uh, Battle Star Wars. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice portmanteau. <laughs> one called uh, American Psychos. Mm. Uh, yeah. Another one. <laughs> Another one. This is uh, this might be 2019 or 2018. Uh, they have Alien Predator, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my favorite, Fast and Fierce Death Race. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I had saw I had seen on your on your Twitter, Chris, that you had. This is something that we talked about on our show a few weeks ago. But that you have you have one of the others who have seen Money Plane. Oh yeah, I watched Money Plane <laughs> almost immediately. I like part for, like it. It is two of my. Like I, I I watch a lot of wrestling and I also watch a lot of terrible movies. So if you combine those two <laughs> things, I'm going to watch it for the most part. And it is a real disappointment. <laughs> have, you, have you guys talked about it on the podcast already? Because I don't want to. We on did a different on show. Thread. Yeah, on our, another show we did. Yeah, I. It's like it's such a. I'm going to say this, and I mean this 100. It's a good premise. Mm-hmm. Like, if you put up the idea of, like, oh, a bunch of criminals go on a plane and they can gamble on wild shit or whatever, and now we're going to rob that plane. Like, I'll watch that movie. I'll watch yeah. that movie 100%. <laughs> but then you watch that movie and, like, none of that really happens. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. It's like a very, yeah, it was a, a wild disappointment to me. Yeah, I, it's, um, I think it's actually done better. And there's the Simpsons episode where Homer, uh, House sits for Mr. Burns. I don't know if you're a Simpsons fan. Yeah, of course. But then they they end up going to international waters to like have a monkey knife monkey fight. Monkey knife fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you know I softened on the movie after I read about it, um, mm. and I kind of uh, reading that it was just like the Lawrence brothers. Oddly and weirdly enough, the Joey Lawrence and his brothers popping up after years of kind of <laughs> obscurity, I guess, and making this shitty movie was enough to to kind of turn me on to to thinking it was all right but yeah you're right it did it was sort of a squandered premise because it well it's just just like regular texas hold'em yeah yeah it's ultimately boring like that's (laughs) my biggest problem with that movie is at the end of the day it's very boring like yeah you you have a wrestler who has one (laughs) fist fight scene and then spends the rest of the movie sitting down (laughs) what are we doing with this movie you have the edge in a cockpit for 99% 99% of the runtime that he's yeah. on the plane. Yeah. And then uh you you have Kelsey Grammer who shot his his scenes in maybe Oh, what maybe he's a, he two what, hours. what do you think? Half a day? Day like 3 quarters of a day? He shot all he's if, in if one not location. even that. Yeah, yeah. And if I that, my uh, biggest question is why what what did Thomas Jane do? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he I thought I watched um, Shane Black's Predator movie recently. Was it yeah, yeah. Predator? Like I, I don't remember. Predators? No, the Predator. No, the, the Predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, perfectly fun. I like that movie. I'm a Shane Black nerd, so like, I like all for the most part. I like his stuff. But like, he's in that, and he's good. And like, he's had a TV show on HBO. Like, I was like, oh, I in my head for some reason, I'm like, oh, Thomas Jane's like an actor. He's gonna be in things. How did he end up in this? But like how did he end up in this? You know what I mean? Like, what did he do to his career that he is, is he just, you can't work with him? Is he, <laughs> you know, I wonder what it is. I, I don't know. Um, are you're from, you're obviously familiar with the room. Um, sure. And I, I, you, I don't know if you know, Greg Sestero. Mm. Um, I mean, I know who he is. Yeah. He, he's, he's a, f- a friend of our, ours here. He's been on the show a couple times and, 
um, he was talking about his last movie. I don't know if you saw it called uh, Best Friends with him and Tommy Wiseau. Mm. Um, he had a scene where he was going like it, they they needed a private like a like a shady dealer or something to come up uh like a they were selling the thing was they were selling gold teeth <laughs> like out of corpses so they had a guy come to buy it and he's told us or he, he told me at least they were going to get um eric roberts to play the part because apparently eric roberts is at the point in his career where he will do anything for five grand Oof. like it was just he would show up and you could pay him five grand and he'd do the part and leave yeah. and it was not like a you know, it was not a, a shameful thing apparently to him. It was just like, yeah, sure. you know what? I'm going to make five grand. And he, <laughs> but it, apparently they couldn't get the scheduling to work out, which was a big disappointment to not have uh, it, Eric Roberts for five grand. <laughs> it is a weird thing though, because I feel like I feel like Thomas Jane wouldn't be in quite in that position yet, because I feel like he had some like he had a lot. He had some like you know decently large roles and and you know led an HBO show for multiple years but it's just it's 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 to me it's just such a bizarre performance like because I think he's really phoning it in but I think Jared you said that the uh, the <laughs> ringer article says that the pipe that he's using uh, he brought he yeah. brought on his own and so I, he's I, making choices <laughs> I like that yeah. <laughs> so there was a I was listening to how did this get made the other day because mm-hmm. they covered money plane and um and apparently Paul Shear was telling a story about how they were at a casino once and like the whole casino like smelt really bad. And and they looked over and there was a guy smoking like the, like the smelliest cigar ever and like sitting on top of a table. And it was Thomas Jane, of course. <laughs> really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I can't imagine why he would be at that point, but he is, I guess. And, or who, maybe, maybe it was just a, a, a like a quick weekend or something. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's good friends with like Joey Lawrence. Also, are they? You said like the it was the the to him and his brother. Do they outside? Like, does his is this his brother's first movie? Like, I don't know his brother to be like filmmaker. Yeah, I, I believe. Think, I don't think it. I don't think it's his first. It's uh, okay. is it is it Andrew Lawrence or yeah I think Andrew so. Lawrence? Um, I don't know. I thought it was his first. I'm gonna have to look him up. Um, yeah, he. Uh, um, yeah, maybe maybe Thomas Jane was. Uh, yeah, his directorial debut was Money Plane. Okay. Uh, the, one of the other things, sorry, just to, to back up, one of the funny things in that Ringer story about it was Kelsey Grammer talked about how much he wanted, how uh, he decided to do the movie uh, because he uh, saw that The Edge was in it and because he said he was an exciting new actor. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, whatever, I don't remember what The Edge's real name is, or Edge's real name is. Adam yeah, Copeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Copeland, but he said, oh yeah, Adam Copeland's in it. He's an exciting new actor. Like, come on, man. Like, just say, <laughs> just say you wanted to, bu- like, you needed, a, you know, gambling money for the weekend or whatever it was. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything against Edge, but still, no. like, and apparently fine. he's fine on that Viking show I've never watched. Oh, I yeah. like him as a wrestler. He's kind of better than, like at the talking bits than a lot of them. But like he doesn't have a... This isn't a movie where you see his performance and go, oh, that kid's really got something. He's yeah. just <laughs> sitting down. Like he's literally in that chair for 90% of the movie. And then like <laughs> they ultimately just... I, I don't. I don't want to spoil. You know, spoilers for money, please. But like, <laughs> he just he doesn't do a whole hell of a lot, right? So it's not, it's not something where I'm like, oh, this this exciting new young actor is really gonna 
It's not like oh. uh, The Rock in like what was that Southland Tales or or the other or, one. Or uh, uh, Be get Cool. Sh- get Shorty Be Cool is the one I was yeah. thinking of. Yeah, yeah. People were like, cool. oh, yeah. he's really good in this, and people kind of thought, oh, this might be, oh, he actually might have the chops to make it in the thing. This is not the edges. <laughs> this is not edges. Be cool is what I'm saying. What is he? He's what also he? like 46, so he's not a young <laughs> actor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's also true. Yeah. He's not reciting. Was it the? Uh, like to uh, Gabrielle Union and uh, Kirsten Dunst from Bring It On that oh. The Rock does in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah, Be yeah. Cool. Anyway, um, so um, I, we've already kind of discussed it, but um, you, you you talked about your, your list of movies that you put together when this quarantine mm. started. Um, what sort of stuff does that include uh, specifically? Because you mentioned you're, you're a big a- action movie, kind of cheeseball action movie fan. Is mm. is that list full of things like that? Or It or? is not. So this okay. list is a lot more like kind of classics heavy. There's some action on here. I'll give you an example. This is a huge hole for mine, but like I've never seen The French Connection. So like okay. that's on the list. So there's like a handful of like that. Like I saw, the, I, I haven't seen, I haven't watched that one yet, but I did watch like the towering, the original towering Inferno, which I had never seen. Um, I watched To Live and Die in L.A., which kind of is action-y. Um, so there's like a handful of those in there, but it's more like just sort of a lot of it's big. Cl- like uh, I'd never seen singles and I'd never seen. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's like just uh, I-, I watched Muriel's Wedding. I had never seen that. And <laughs> Tony Collette's amazing. So like it's a lot of that mostly sort of like bigger stuff that I haven't seen. And there's like some I like. I haven't gone through this whole list, so I still haven't watched There Will Be Blood or Adaptation. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's like big holes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, yeah. One of, my, like one of my favorite trivia things about The French Connection is that that's what Popeye's Chicken is named after. Not, <laughs> that not, can't be true. That's uh, Apparently that is true. It's not Popeye the Sailor, it's Popeye Doyle. <laughs> that's so, wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, what, uh, what decade was your biggest hole in? Do you think? Well, I kind so here's the thing. I think I want to say it's almost more like I think it's weirder that like the sort of nineties, two thousands, I haven't there was so many that I hadn't seen just because like I'm an adult by that point. So mm-hmm. like it's uh, to me it's not wild that I had there was like these big like I hadn't seen Network or the Out of Towners in the seventies because like right. I got I was born in nineteen seventy seven I'm not gonna like this it's not crazy that I haven't seen those movies but like the fact that I had never seen uh, Slumdog Millionaire or uh, I still haven't seen Magnolia like there's like big okay. ones from those eras so I to me those nineties two thousands it's like almost more embarrassing than I haven't seen those. How, yeah. how do you deal with with like because I I have similar situations like that where I've 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 got huge blind spots up until like anything pre like 2005 is a big blind spot for me. So mm. how do you do have you found that you're like managing your expectations for what you've ever heard about these movies with what you see? Like, do, like, do you find that? Cause I, some, I, sometimes I struggle with, you know, hearing nothing but effusive praise is one of the best movies ever. And then I watch it and I'm like, ah, yeah, it's fine. Well, sure. I mean, that's, yeah, you have to set your expectations obviously and kind of go with, try to go in as well i try to go in as blind as possible so like i don't look into them i don't watch the trailer i don't you know what i mean i try to go in as as blind as possible but i also just try to go in and it's hard sometimes to like go in without putting other people's expectations on it but you really do have to go into a movie and particularly like you know the older movies you know a 70s movie or whatever you have to really go in like 
expecting a different beat. Like movies are just different. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They're, we, the, pa- we pace things very differently mm-hmm. now, and like it's not even like the effects. Like yeah, you know, Towering Inferno, the effects are going to be different. But like I like the practicality of that. But like a movie like uh, like you know, I watched Three Days of the Condor for the first time, and it's good. But there's also some wild choices in that movie. Like the fact that <laughs> that he kidnaps. Uh, spoilers for fucking three three days of the Condor, but <laughs> Robert Redford kidnaps Faye, uh, is Faye Dunaway, I think is the lead, right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like kidnaps her, gun to the head, kidnaps her, and of course, as a result, she falls in love with him. Like you know what I mean? Like that. It's those <laughs> wild seventies choices, but like and like has a sex scene that does not need to be in this movie. It's just like so. There's like weird choices like that, but like like I, what's I'll give you an example. I had never seen Slumdog Millionaire and had done a very good job up until this point of kind of not of like kind of avoiding anything about it. Like I knew I'd watch it someday. Um, it just had, I knew it had been sort of universally respected, but I didn't know anything else about it. So I went into that movie expecting a very almost lighthearted story of an Indian boy <laughs> winning on a game show. <laughs> it is not that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it is that, but it is also very much not that. Uh, so there are times where you got like, I am, uh, you're, you're kind of, uh, kind of blunted by the like you go in with like very different expectations than what the thing is actually about uh yeah yeah uh, you know uh mentioning that you were born in 77 i was born in 78 so i have those holes too like in the er, you know early you know this 60s and 70s 70s, movies um and we uh on this show a few episodes ago uh watched which cassidy and the sundance kid um which is a great movie um, it's got some of that weird stuff in it. Like, I still think the bicycle scene is just entirely drug fueled. Clearly, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> the music. It's like anachronistic music while he's yeah. there riding a bicycle. It's just very, yeah. It's very weird. But yeah. the the thing I, I think is 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 interesting to to look at is where you can see the beginning of these tropes. Sure. Like that movie is the first kind of buddy comedy, really mm-hmm. um, modern buddy comedy. I would guess. I don't know anything really before that that would maybe some of the Dean Martin. Well, all uh, those. I mean, you got to go back to those sort of like the road movies, yeah, yeah. The, like Bob Hope, like right, those right. kind of movies. But but they're different. The, like that, they're not sort of buddy, almost actioners in a way right. that, that Butch Cassidy is. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I mean, this is like this is the birth of Lethal Weapon, sure. right here. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, any yeah. any of that stuff is sort of, um, you know, it all owes its existence to that. And it's it's interesting to go back and see that, and how much it, you know, it. it how much like one single movie influenced an entire genre in that respect, you know, this sort of wisecracking. I mean, the script is great. William Goldman, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the wisecracking between the two of them and, and mm-hmm. things that, that really hadn't existed until that point and is very much commonplace now in any kind of, I mean, you know, without Butch Cassidy, um, or, or, you know, you don't have Tony Stark as Iron Man or, sure. you know, so it's all, uh, it all goes back to one thing, but I wonder how many people look at it and just can't separate the fact that it's already something they're totally uh, overwhelmed with in modern filmmaking. For sure. I mean, that's also a thing that's like just sort of prevalent in art in general, right? Like if you look at like, it is hard for people now to go back and watch Richard Pryor and understand what a revolutionary yeah. comic he is because a hundred 
a thousand comics have done Richard Pryor shittier versions of it since. <laughs> so you don't understand what like, oh, you've just seen the watered down milk toast version of that uh, and don't understand the sort of groundbreakingness of it. The same thing with music, right? So like, I think it is definitely hard for people. And I think, at least for me, it's taken sort of age, if that makes any sense. I think when I was younger, I it was harder to sort of put I would watch a thing and be like, oh, this is clearly the cutting edge. I'm watching like 90s independent cinema or whatever. And be like, oh, this is right. amazing. And like not really have an understanding of what came before it. And then like if I watched what came before it around the same time, it would be hard to separate. I think it helps having some time in between. So like I've I've seen Lethal Weapon. I've discussed, I, I know that genre and I've had a decade to sort of space it out between seeing that and seeing Butch Cassidy because I, I didn't see Butch Cassidy till later in life so yeah me too it, yeah I, th- I think having some sort of spacing in between those experiences so yeah it's uh it's it's what Cody what is it you're doing for your other show um oh, willow hunting yeah yeah so basically <clears throat> I do this other show where um there's there's a running gag on that show that I've never seen the movie willow and uh, and my friend bought a copy of it at a used uh, DVD store when he was in town, mm. left it with me, uh, and it, s- it sat on my DVD shelf for uh, over a year, and I <laughs> never watched it, <laughs> shipped it back to him. So basically, we're going through, and we're they've got a whole list of like 80s movies for me to go through where... Um, where it's like the giant holes in like action movies or like yeah. even like cultural touchstones from the 80s I haven't seen a lot of, so I will be going like, through. Give me, like, give me an example. Like, I've never seen Predator. Okay. And so, I, I so Predator is on the list. Um, I've never seen, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I've never seen the, uh, like the, uh, like the Bill and Ted movies. Oh, okay. Um, I've never we, seen. We've covered that? the both Gremlins movies on this show. Yeah, and I have never seen, seen either of those. Yeah. So, just, just stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, of course, those guys are. They're gonna make me watch like the GI Joe animated movie, which I haven't seen. So. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna be fun. No, like, that—that's <laughs> the thing. There is a certain level of like kid stuff. I don't think holds up as well if you go back. Like it can if you grew up with it and like you yeah. have that nostalgia for it, so you can go back and watch. But a lot of that shit, when you go back and watch it, like if you've never seen it before, you're wasting your time. It's just not gonna. See, it's not gonna mean anything to you. It's just not gonna make any sense. And it's that, gonna like. And also, GI Joe is particularly like just bad. Like it's like if you go back <laughs> with an, with any sort of open mind, it is just like them trying to sell you toys. So there's no yeah. real. There's no real good like story or uh, no that wasn't made with the purpose of expressing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny you say that because that's the that's the exact way that. So I um I my big thing is is with Star Wars where I never watched Star Wars growing up. Mm. I didn't see the Star Wars movies until I was in my twenties, and so I use that same exact explanation to 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 you know explain why Star Wars doesn't connect with me because Mm. I think. For Star Wars, you either had to have like been there when it came out or mm. been introduced to it at a young age because going back at like 25 and watching the original trilogy did nothing for me. Um, and I realize I might be in the minority in that, but it was no, using I that can, same line of logic. I can totally understand that. I, I, I'm opposite to that in that I saw those movies as a kid so and like was around for a lot of them one of my first one of my first movie like going to the movie experience is empire so like i have that but i could totally imagine trying to watch that as an adult for the first time it's not i'm gonna say it it's not like 
there's a lot of holes. It's not like the best of like uh, like filmmaking in the world. So like I totally understand that. Well, yeah, I mean, and it, it's it is a little bit of a different era, and it it it, it is one of the like I can understand not wa- watching the first movie and being like, all right, yeah. Um, you know, I think they got better. Obviously, the the original trilogy gets better, sure. um, just filmmaking wise and effects wise. But uh, I have that I had that major major with Goonies. Ooh. And I watched that for the first time when I was probably 23, 24. Here, here's why I never saw it as a kid, because it's right in my wheelhouse as a kid. Sure. And you're, um, yeah, you're, you said you were born 78, so like yeah, age-wise, so wise, it's not yeah, a I mean, I sh- age-wise. Yeah. yeah, I should have been, I should have seen it. And what happened was uh, my mom accidentally rented us Ghoulies. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you oh, know, it bit, it bit you in the end. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know, and I—I I mean, I'm not a—I'm not really the kind that was really traumatized by horror, horror movies. But my sister at the time, who's two years younger than I am, was not having it. <laughs> so she puts you put it in, and it. Uh, it it like the first scene I think is a baby being sacrificed if I remember correctly yeah, something like I mean it's been a minute since I've, I honestly haven't seen Ghoulies in a while but <laughs> so, uh, definitely so just, saw it a bunch but yeah it sounds right we just never tried again and then I didn't see Goonies until I was uh, twenty five or so yeah and I was like Gee, these fucking kids are just nattering shut <laughs> up <laughs> that is a goddamn shame honestly because yeah I understand entirely why you have that feeling but like. Yeah. I don't know if there is a movie that is more like like made for a little boy that is oh, yeah. as successful for that little boy as the Goonies, right? Like it is a it's like to me it's like that and maybe like the Iron Giant are like just made for a 12-year-old boy and couldn't be more right. successful in that. Or like uh I mean I was a big fan of Flight of the Navigator, sure. which is a Flight pretty good movie. Cloak and Dagger was exactly. another one that yes. was right there for me. For sure. But Goonies is almost better than those. Like it's it's it is particularly oh, no. Good I know it's for I know that. it's better. I yeah, watch. Yeah. O- I only watch Cloak and Dagger because I'm from San Antonio and I recognize things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Flight of the Navigator, I remember really liking, and I yeah. haven't revisited it in years. It's perfectly fine to watch as a person who, as an adult having seen it as a kid. It's exactly that. Okay. Like, I don't know if I would like. I would show it to a kid and I think it would hold up as well for a kid nowadays. It is good. Gotcha. But like, I don't know if as, a, as an adult, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watching, watching Goonies at 25 was not good. Not a good, not a good experience for me. And I, I, I feel bad that I, I missed out on that a little bit because it is one of those things that's kind of stuck around. Yeah. Like it's sure. not, you know, it's not like, um, you know, for, for, for whatever reason, E.T. doesn't feel like something that's stuck around. Like, I know it's a classic, and I know it, it was a huge hit, but because it was off of home video for so long, mm-hmm. like, you couldn't just watch it. And then there was, like, wasn't he trying to bring it back without guns in it or something? Oh, yeah, with and walkie-talkies it, and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a whole, like, it, it does have sort of a troubled thing. I do think E.T. probably, I think there's probably more people. Well, I don't know if that's true. I was going to say there's maybe more people that show E.T. that are kids than Goonies. But I feel like that's probably a pretty overlapping circle. Yeah. I mean, mm. if, obviously, like, something like Back to the Future that we had on sure. VHS, like, that thing is burned into my memory forever. And I, I will love it forever, flaws and all. Um. Yeah. Uh. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get to the the uh, the premise of the show here, Chris. Um, we're gonna recommend some movies to you. 
Okay. Um, and then uh, when we're done, you'll recommend a movie for us to watch, and we'll come back next week and talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, go if, to to be transparent here. We uh, we submit you films that you may not have seen beforehand, mm-hmm. um, as you are probably our most um, uh, film literate guest we've had. Uh, all of mine you'd seen. Okay. So <laughs> even even my go to was Rotor. Um, oh yeah, I but the, it's that's the kind of shit I li- like. I okay, like, yeah. So uh, a little story. There was uh, I grew up in a town called Kingston, New York, and there or kind of, but doesn't matter. New Pulse, but whatever. Regardless, there was a video store there called uh, mm-hmm. Alice in Video Land, and it was kind of our <laughs> it was kind of our I Love Video, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like big big store, lots and lots of movies, and you could rent five movies for five nights for five dollars and i did that like every five days for a a number of years like and just watched (laughs) every piece of shit you could get on vhs for a time so there's a certain type of movie like i have huge holes like i have just like you know i was like i was saying i have never seen magnolia or fucking broadcast news but like (laughs) if you have a a, uh, spookies i've a hundred percent seen spookies so you've seen rotor you've seen spookies have you seen frankenhooker yeah of course absolutely yeah okay yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that was always my favorite i worked at a an Albertson's video store, grocery mm. store video store. And uh, Frankenhooker was my favorite thing for people to stumble upon because for some reason we had a copy of Frankenhooker. We, uh, I there think was the, a, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, didn't I was just going to say, I think the blurb on the back is from Bill Murray. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> there was, uh, we had a, uh, it was like a, it was either a shop right or a price shop right. I don't remember, but it was like right when video stores kind of, when places first started writing videos and they had a little video section just at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And I remember they had Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and it was like, the mo I want like when I was a kid and I was not a movie I wanted to rent more than fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre two based on that box and then like eventually a number of years later I would rent Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and it's a bad movie I, I kind of love it but it's fucking bad is that that's not the uh, that's Breakfast Dennis. Club cover is it it is it, it is, is the Breakfast, Breakfast Club, Club cover. cover yeah it's Dennis yeah. Hopper's in it yeah but it is the, it is absolutely the Breakfast Club cover yeah. and I just for whatever reason I was like this movie looks awesome I'd never seen the first one didn't even really know about the franchise I just wanted that movie yeah um <laughs> so anyway yeah, on, so on, on that note um yeah. Cody has some recommendations for you so Cody's gonna handle the recommendations this week Cody's gonna get all the points so whatever yeah we do a stupid points thing but go ahead Cody mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I went I tried to go somewhat obscure on one and then um I'll, I'll just start with the first one. So so Chris you had said that uh you had been making like decade lists mm-hmm. and um and trying to find the stuff that you hadn't seen during those decades and that reminded me that we on our website put together our best of the decade list um back in December and um in one of the movies on my decade list you hadn't seen what something that was actually very high up which was uh Inside Lewin Davis. Um so Inside Lewin Davis was, I think, I think I put it at number two on my best of the decade list. But it's a Coen Brothers movie that takes place um, in the in the world of 1960s folk music um, in Greenwich Village, and um, and it's it, so it takes it, it takes it happens like concurrently as like Bob Dylan is breaking, like that's mm. you know that that's kind of the scene. So uh, it, it's it's got uh, Oscar Isaac in it, who this is I think the the performance that really kind of solidified him is like in my opinion, one of the best actors working today. Um, and uh, it's it's like the very typical Coen Brothers sad sack 
kind of mildly pathetic character uh, that's really darkly funny. And, and the best thing about it is that Oscar Isaac sings and uh, performs all of his own music in here. So it's mm-hmm. it's like old folk songs, but Oscar Isaac's doing, you know, playing all the guitar, singing all the songs. Uh, it's it's a great uh, a great uh, movie that has like this weird little interlude in it that with John Goodman that's that's that that like sh- seems like it shouldn't work but really does work. And um, yeah, it, it's a movie that one of those movies that I keep watching over and over again and gets better and better with time. So. Uh, that was pick number one, Inside Lewin Davis, which is on Amazon Prime. Um, pick number two is a movie called Blade of the Immortal. Uh, so knowing uh, affin- your affinity for action films, uh, I-, I picked Blade of the Immortal, which is a uh, it's a it's a adaptation of uh, a comic book, I believe, and um, it's directed by Takashi Miike, who uh, this is his one hundredth movie that he directed. Uh, which is insane, um, but uh, he's a Japanese filmmaker. You know, Ichi the Killer and um, you know, Thirteen Assassins, a bunch of other stuff, N- ninety-eight other things other than that. Uh, and uh, and basically, the way I describe it to people is, it is Logan Samurai. It is about a guy who is uh, has been made and cursed uh, with immortality, and uh, a little girl hires him basically to be a bodyguard and to help avenge the death of uh, some some of her family. So it's uh, it's the reason it has significance to me. It is is because it is actually the first movie I ever saw at Fantastic Fest. Um, so I had, I've only been going for a few years, but this was the first like 11 a.m. screening I ever hopped into in a Fantastic Fest theater. So uh, that's its significance to me. But um, yeah, uh, that is available on Hulu, and those are the choices. All right. All right. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Do I no, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, no we just um, don't tell us which one you pick. Okay. Um, we'll uh, come back next week and talk about it, even though we know you're going to pick one of Cody's. So, <laughs> um, so uh, you have a recommendation for us, Chris. Can you tell us what that is? I do, and it is. I, so, like I said, I've been going through a lot of just sort of. 80s there's comfort and nostalgia obviously and just sort of 80s 90s action wheelhouse is really some like just deep in my soul of stuff i grew up watching uh and i picked the chuck norris canon film classic <laughs> invasion usa ah, mm, that's a title it is a title it is are, are you guys familiar with the sort of canon Oh, yeah, uh, I've seen that. Uh, I watched a documentary. documentary not too long ago. I can't remember what it's called, but um, yeah, it's called, they're so, nuts. Yeah. They are wild, and it is maybe the peak of that. Like, it is just, let's blow up. Ev- this movie, well, wait, I don't want to spoil, but, like, I've often told people, like, they should just call this movie Bazooka USA because <laughs> there is, like, 15 bazookas in it. it is, it's just one of those movies, but it's also, like, Everything that is perfect about those that sort of time of making movies amped up by cocaine. It is like, <laughs> the, yeah, I, I love it, even though it is almost inher- it's almost bad for you. Like, it's not <laughs> the, like it's you can tell it's not made by good people, but I just love it. <laughs> I'm sure um, my dad was a, a big Chuck Norris fan. I mean, he probably Same. still is. Um, he watched Walker, Texas Ranger, and all that stuff, and I'm sure. I'm sure this movie was playing at some point in my house when I was a child. I I know I never really cared for for Chuck Norris, but 
Uh, Understandable. Yeah. Like he, he's not a good actor, but okay. Well, we'll wait till we actually come back next yeah. week to discuss. Okay, it. so we'll watch that. Um, it looks like it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So we will watch that. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, is there anything, anything you want to plug right now? Uh, you can go hunt down my other, my podcast, Cancel. We watch uh, TV shows that only lasted one season. There's a couple hundred episodes uh-huh. of that out. We're on a little bit of a break right now. Ki- quarantine kind of put me off of doing stuff, but I'm back. So we'll get that podcast back going. But yeah, there's a couple hundred in the bank. Um, so you can go listen to that. And that's about it for now. And cool. uh, at, at Chris Cubis on all social media. Cool. Um, you can find us on our other podcast, uh, Cody and I, uh, the Sinistop Podcast, where we're reviewing um, new release films. Now all the VOD stuff. So if it comes out on VOD, we'll probably watch it and talk about it, no matter how shitty it is. What's the last one you watched? Uh, we did Summerland. Um, uh, she dies tomorrow. She dies tomorrow, and the fight, the yeah. ACLU doc. Right. Uh, she dies tomorrow was was the most tedious. So <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, you can uh, also find us on our other podcast, uh, ReMCU, where we are rewatching the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, our f- most recent episode is on uh, what the hell is it on, Cody? Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. We haven't been done one in a while. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Um, anyway, so uh, you can find us there, Cody. You have uh, the Ramble. Yeah, uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you can find me on The Ramble with uh, comedians uh, Jerry Rocha and Eddie Pence. Cool. Uh, Chris, again, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. All right, on that note, I'm Jared Kingery. And I'm Cody Viafania.